How many of you brought your Bible with you? Will you hold up the Bible all over the building tonight? I want to ask you to join me, if you will, over the book of uh, 1 Timothy, chapter 2. First uh, Timothy, chapter 2, page number 300, and, uh, I'm sorry, page number 1275. And I'd like to read some verses here in the opening uh, part of this chapter. I ask you to leave your Bibles open. And I, I'm calling this maybe just a little pre-election uh, prayer service, all right? Uh, Pre-election prayer service or whatever you want to, however you want to say that, maybe praying for the election or whatever. And I just want to leave you some thoughts real quickly on the subject of prayer. Let me say this, uh, right after we get done here, and I'm going to try to be done in maybe 15 minutes or so, or 20 minutes at the most, we're going to have a business meeting, just real fast. I told you we're trying to cram in everything into one night here and then get through with that and then so we can get over. And I guess we're going to the gym, is that right? Probably. Uh, probably. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll probably just do that in the gym tonight, and maybe they can get out there. If you dressed your car up, um, they, uh, they, we got some judges that will go out there and look at that stuff, and, and then we'll just probably go over to the gym since the weather is bad. I'm starting to think God hates trunk or treat. And it's a judgment of God because it was like this last, Wednesday, last year on the Wednesday night. All right, all right. Yeah. That's a sight, ain't it? But anyway, uh, we'll, uh, we'll just do the best we can, all right? First uh, Timothy chapter 2. But anyway, I was talking about the business meeting. Please hang around for just a minute. I want to bring you up to date on some stuff that's going on in these days. Let's read First Timothy 2 verse 1. The Bible said, I, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in, truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Now please leave your Bibles open here to this text tonight and let me talk a little bit about just praying for the upcoming election. Let's pray. Father, help us now tonight as we look at the Word of God. I'm glad this text is very relevant, especially for this time that we're living in right now. And God, your people need to hear uh, what this text has to say to us tonight just about praying in these days. And I pray that you'd uh, use the message to challenge our heart. Not that we're not doing it. I get it. But Lord, maybe just as we move into these final days, God, help us to seek your face, pray for the hand of God and the touch of God and the mercy of God to be upon our land. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we sit in this auditorium tonight, we are less than six days away, less than 130 hours away until the day that we elect a new president in our nation. I saw uh, an article the other day that said uh, this about the upcoming election. It said this election will be the making or the breaking of America. You know, I think the one thing that we're all aware of tonight is the importance 
of this upcoming election. If, uh, if you haven't been watching the news recently, then, uh, of course, I don't think anybody in here has not been doing that, but you, I think, understand the importance of what is about to take place in our nation. In these days, these dangerous days that you and I are living in, I think the church of the living God better fall on its knees before our nation falls on its face. And if there's ever been a time that we need to pray, it's in these days. I saw a neat little sign the other day that said this. It said, in the event of a nuclear attack, a fire, or an earthquake, the ban on prayer is temporarily lifted. Amen. I think we probably ought to go out here on every street corner in our nation and maybe put a sign up like this. Because of the mess that we're in, the ban on prayer is permanently lifted. What about you? We need to pray. You see, as God's people, we have the ability to do something that Congress cannot do. We have the ability to do something that the Supreme Court dare not do. We have the ability to do something that the political parties will not do, and that is you and I have the ability to pray. We can seek God's face in the behalf of our nation in these days. So what I want to do tonight is I want to just briefly move through this text tonight and point out three or four things about the subject of prayer, and as we move through this, maybe just say some things about praying for the election and praying for our nation and our president as we move forward. First of all, I want you to look at verse number one. I want to talk a little bit tonight about the priority, the priority of prayer, the priority of prayer. Now, Paul begins in verse number one simply by saying this, I exhort therefore. But then he said this, notice this, that, and then here's the phrase, first of all. You know, I think what Paul is telling us there, uh, there is as, as a church and as a child of God, our primary business is, is to pray. That is, I believe he's telling us that before we do anything else, we should pray. You know, Jesus on one occasion said that his house shall be called the house of prayer. Now, if it had been me, I'd have probably said my house should be called the house of preaching because I like preaching. Maybe if you're a singer, maybe you'd have said my house shall be called the house of singing. Or maybe, maybe we would like this. My house shall be called the house of praising. But the truth of the matter is Jesus didn't say any of that. He said my house shall be called the house of prayer. Now, obviously, prayer is not the only thing that we do as a, as a church and as Christians, but it should be the primary, the priority of all that we do. I think when we, when we do our preaching, we get what preaching can do. When we sing our songs, we get what singing can do. When we give our testimonies, we get what testifying can do. But when we pray, we get what God Almighty and heaven can do. Prayer is the fuel that runs the engine of God's work. Prayer is the wind that fills the sails of God's ship. Prayer is the food that feeds the body of God's church. We need to pray. First of all, let us pray. Boy, we need to pray in these days. Now, don't forget that something just happened here. I sound like I'm awful loud now, fellas. Can y'all give me a little help back there? Uh, but anyway, uh, what was it all about now? Yeah, Democrats, getting back to that subject now. But uh, did this thing just happen here or was it just me? Can y'all cut me down just a little bit? If y'all don't mind, don't cut me off, just cut me down, all right? Now, let's think about that. Prayer, 
talking about prayer. Let's move off the priority of prayer. I'm done with that one. First of all, first of all, Paul says, I exhort you to pray. The priority of prayer. Don't forget this coming Monday, we're going to open up our church doors all day long. The doors of the church, those doors out front are going to be open. And we'd like to give you the opportunity. What's wrong with me? Am I, I'm, I've got some feedback going Tasting, tasting. All right, here, here we go. I'm sorry. Boy, don't mess with the devil when he gets in electronics. Okay, let's try this again. Talking about praying. Don't forget that this coming Monday we're going to open up the doors, these doors out front, and just leave our church uh, uh, auditorium here open all week long. And if you all, all day long, if you'd like to come by and just pray, and I get it, you can pray at home. I understand that. But if you want to drop by the church here and pray, that'd be great. We even have some folks in our church that have set aside Monday to fast. If you'd like to be a part of that, to fast from Friday, uh, Sunday afternoon at 5 o'clock till Monday afternoon at 5 o'clock, fast and pray on the behalf of the upcoming election, you are welcome to get in on that as well. The priority, the priority of of prayer. Now move secondly to verse number one. Let's talk about the variety of prayer. Not only the priority of prayer, let's talk about the variety of prayer. Now Paul, if you look there at verse number, uh, verse number one, he kind of uses four words that I believe kind of illustrate the four different types of praying or prayers that we offer up to God. Now Paul said, first of all, that's priority. But then he talks about supplications and prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Now that tells me there are different types of praying that you and I do. There is a variety, a variety of praying. First of all, notice that word supplications, that, that, that thought there, supplications. That's the type of praying when you and I bring our own personal needs before the Lord. That's supp prayers of supplication. By the way, you got any needs tonight in your life? Maybe you need God to touch your body or maybe touch a family situation that you're going through right now or maybe some situation down on the job or, or maybe just some kind of thing that's going on in your life. Maybe we just need for God to touch you tonight and we pray those prayers of supplication as we present our personal needs before the Lord. But then he uses not only the word supplications, he uses the word prayers, the word prayers. And as I understand it, that's simply the type of praying that we pray Praise God for who He is. Well, I tell you what, I think we're way behind on praising God. And you know, one of the ways that we should praise God is through our praying. I challenge myself. I don't know if you ever do this, and I'm not making a game out of praying. But when I leave our house sometimes, especially true in the summer, I challenge myself to do nothing but praise God from the time I pull out of my driveway till the time I get to Highway 52. In my prayer, I just want to do nothing but just praise God. Now, I think God loves it when we praise Him. Amen? The Bible said that God inhabits. He hangs around. He dwells. He abides in the presence of people who praise Him. When we stand up and start telling God what He thinks, what we think about Him, God, I think, likes that kind of, uh, kind of praying, and God hangs around that. 
And so we should offer up prayers of supplication when we present our personal needs before the Lord. But then we offer just prayers in general as we praise God. But then notice the third word is the word intercessions. And that's the word that, that is used uh, to describe our praying for others. I intercede on the behalf of others. For instance, I have a list in my car that I, and I go down through there. Somebody asked me the other day, said, I'd like to get on that prayer list. I said, no, you don't. They said, why not? I said, everybody's on my prayer list over the, in the sun visor of the car is in big trouble, mister, and you don't want to get on that prayer list. Amen. But I tell you what I like to do is I like to, and you probably do too, but I like to help pray for the needs of others. You ever do this before? If I'm preaching a long ways away or whatever, I'll get my phone out. I know you're not supposed to do that, but I do get my phone out. I hit my contacts, and I'll just go down through my whole list of contacts. It's over 200 of them on my phone, and I just go through that and I pray for everybody on my contact list. There's a certain joy that it brings to my soul to pray for the needs of others. Many of you are on my contact list on my phone. If you're not, you might want to text me tonight. I'll put your name on there. But uh, I like to pray for the needs. I like to intercede on the behalf of others. It brings me, I don't know, such great joy in my prayer life to pray for the needs of others. I just don't want to be selfish in my prayer. I don't want to just always just be about me. I understand there's a great big God up there who can not only take care of my needs, but he can take care of the needs of others as well. So the word intercession, we pray for others. But then notice this, not only the, uh, the word supplications and prayers and intercession, but then notice he talks about there the giving of thanks. Boy, are we behind on that. And we're, we're not too far away from Thanksgiving now. And boy, I believe we really ought to pray and thank God. I don't know about you, but I'm confessing now, and it's probably not good for me. But uh, you know something, you ever do this, you're praying about something, and then God answers that prayer, and before you even stop to thank him for that answer, I done moved on to the next thing. Are you guilty of doing that without ever stopping and thanking God for the prayers that he's already answered? Boy, I tell you what, I think it, it blesses the heart of God every once in a while when you and I just look up to heaven and say, God, thank you for the prayers that you've answered. Thank you for touching that test that it didn't come back with bad results. Thank you for that gift that I didn't expect was coming in. Thank you for answering the prayer that I prayed on the behalf of somebody else. I, I, believe, I believe with all my heart maybe we'd get more of our prayers answered if we'd stop and thank God for the ones he's already answered once in a while. The prayers, the variety of prayers. So we have the priority of prayer first of all. Then we have the, the, the variety of prayers. Different types of prayers. Your own needs. Thanking God praising God, and then praying for the needs of others, the variety of prayers. But then I want you to look at verse number two. Let's talk about the society of prayers, the society of prayer. Who do we pray for? Now, at the end of verse number one, Paul said, I want you to do this for all men, for all men. Now, I hope uh, if you have your prayer list there, I hope that you've got uh, uh, somewhere on your list a bunch of lost people's names that you pray for. And by the way, we just don't pray in generalities. Well, we need to pray specifically for, for people. Don't, don't just pray, God, I pray that you'll save the world. Now, let me stop and say, God can save the world. If the world will come to him in faith and trusting him, God can save anybody. I say it like this, God is universally the savior of the whole world. 
but he's only personally the Savior of those who put their faith and trust in him. We need to pray for all men. I get all that. Pray for our missionaries. Don't forget our missionaries during these days of the COVID stuff that's going on. Please remember to lift up the prayers uh, 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 prayers for our, our missionaries. Pray for all men. But then he comes down in verse number 2 and he starts talking about, of all things, politicians and rulers. Look what he says there in verse 2. For kings and for all that are in authority. Now, I get it. I'm just like you. Uh, truth of the matter is our leaders don't always demand, uh, our leaders don't always demand our praise. There's some time I'm ticked off. Just to be honest with you, I'm ticked off at some of the Republicans. I'm going to vote for them, but I'm going to hold my nose while I do it. Did y'all have to do that on some of them? Because they've done tick me off just a little bit. Some of them, most of them, a lot of them don't demand our praise. They certainly don't desire our preaching, but they always deserve our prayers. Regardless of their party, regardless of their personality, regardless of their policies, we are to pray for them. I know what you're thinking. Well, I tell you what, if that Joe Biden gets in, I ain't praying for that rascal. Well, let me just remind you, when Paul wrote these words, a man by the name of Nero was the emperor of Rome. You talk about a rascal. You talk about an old cuss. Nero was the one who set the city of Rome on fire, turned around and blamed it on the Christians so they could persecute. And how many of those Christians were put to death because of a wicked Nero? Paul said, boy, we need to pray for him. You know something? If they could pray for Nero, you and I can pray for Biden. Now, I'm not saying he's going to win. As many as y'all already got out and voted, he ain't got a chance. But I will tell you this, if by some sheer chance that he does win, guess what? We've got to pray for that man. And by the way, let me say this, whether they're right or whether they're wrong, we should pray for them. In fact, the more wrong they are, the more prayer they're going to need. Amen. I tell you that the church, I believe, can do more through supplication than Congress can do through legislation if we pray. How many of y'all believe this verse right here? Look at this verse. The Bible said this is a great verse for you to memorize just in case by sheer accident somebody gets in we don't want in. Here's what the Bible said. The king's heart. Let me read it like this. The president's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Hey, regardless of who gets in, guess what? God's still going to be in control. Can I have an amen? Regardless of what happens, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know if we'll even know who's won by this time next Wednesday. Uh, they're seemingly trying to plant that thought in our mind that it might be days and weeks. Uh, this absentee stuff, someone said, man, they, they, they don't have to be in until a certain date. I think they ought to be, have to be in by the day of the election, to be honest with you. What about y'all? I mean, it's too much can happen with all that stuff. But just suppose next Wednesday night we come to church, we don't even know who's won. Or maybe we do know, and maybe it's not the one we wanted to. Let's just remember that God can even touch the heart of an evil and a wicked ruler. I can prove that from the Bible. There was an old boy in the Old Testament whose name was Cyrus, and the Bible makes it clear that Cyrus didn't know God. In fact, God said of Cyrus, though he know me not. Cyrus didn't even know God, but guess what? God nudged that boy's heart, and he got together with some of God's people and said, all of you that want to leave the land of Persia and go back over to Jerusalem and rebuild the house of God, I don't know. I've just got a desire in my heart for that to happen. And God let those people go to go back to rebuild his house. And he used a wicked old king to bring that to pass. 
If God can do that with Cyrus, guess what? God can still work in the heart of evil and wicked rulers in these days. By the way, we're a part of God's family. We know God personally and we know God intimately. Now, if the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and you and I are in our heavenly father's heart, don't you think if we talk to God, God can sway the heart of a wicked and evil ruler? I believe that he still that he still can. I'm not sure who's going to win. All the polls seem to indicate from what they're saying that Trump is way behind. You know what? Sounds like to me we got them right where we want them. Amen. I don't know who's going to win, but we got to pray. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that President Trump is a saved man. I'm not going to tell you that. I did read last week where he said that he has converted from a Presbyterian to a non-denominational Christian. How many of y'all saw that last week? It was in the news. It was on the news, Fox News, that he said that he was a confirmed Presbyterian as a child. You know what that tells me? He ain't saved. But it says now, he's come out now and he says, I, have, I am now no longer a Presbyterian. I have now turned into a non-denominational Christian. I don't know if you know the details of it, but a, an evangelist of all things, a woman by the name of Paula White, supposedly led the president to the Lord. I don't know. I don't know about all that. I don't know if he's saved or not. But there's three things about him I like. The first thing I like about him, number one, is his stand against abortion. I appreciate his stand. Thank God for 6-3 on the Supreme Court. Now, I don't know what's going to happen if this other crowd gets in, all that packing talk. I don't know about all that, but I know right now we've got a lead in that court, praise the Lord. I appreciate his stand against abortion. Number two, I appreciate his stand for the nation of Israel. I will bless them that bless Israel. I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. I'm telling you, buddy, uh, this president has done more for the nation of Israel than the last 40 presidents combined. I mean, just moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to the city of Jerusalem where it ought to be in to start with. I mean, that takes a little bit of a backbone, backbone friend. Praise the Lord for his stand for Israel. And then can I say this? His stand against abortion, his stand for Israel, but I appreciate his stand with the church. I don't know if he's saved or not, but I appreciate him saying, just open the place back up. These folks got to get back in their churches again. I appreciate that. I'm telling you, if this crazy governor gets back in, we may go back into phase 0.5 again of this thing. Am I right? I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. But I appreciate the president's stand in those areas. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't stand there. You, I, I'm just being truthful now. I'm not telling you who to vote for. Y'all done voted. Ain't no sense me telling y'all who to vote for. But I tell you what, what we got to do is go down the list of the things that are important to us and find the candidate that most matches what we believe in. Can I have an amen? I'm talking about the side. Boy, we need to pray. We need to pray for the kings and for all that are in authority. So I've talked about the priority and the variety and the society. But let me close by just talking a little bit about the piety of prayer. Look down, if you will, in verse number 8. Paul said this, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. And then watch this, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Now, believe it or not, right there in verse number 8, Paul said there are two things that has to be right before you can get your prayers answered. First of all, you're outside. 
has got to be right. Notice what he talked about there, lifting up holy hands. Hands without defilement. Hands without stain. He's talking about our outward life now. And then he talks about wrath and doubting. Now he's talking about our inward life. Now if we're going to get our prayers answered, we're going to have to be right on the inside and we're going to have to be right on the outside. I think all of us in here understand that God just don't answer flippantly every prayer that's prayed. You know, there's a lot of things that keeps God from answering our prayers. If we're not right on the inside, we can pray, but God's not going to hear. And if we aren't right on the outside, we can pray, but God is not going to hear. So our heart and our hands have got to be clean if God is going to hear our prayers. Said all that, say this, boy, we need to pray. We need to pray. The piety of prayer. Now, why do we pray for leaders? Let me close. Look at verse 2. Why do we need to pray for those who are in places of authority? The Bible simply says this, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. What does that mean? If we'll pray for our leaders, the Bible said that hopefully quietness and peace will envelop our land. Now, I don't know about you. There's not a lot of quiet and peacefulness in America anymore. Did you see all those riots in Philadelphia last night? Did you see all that burning cars and breaking, just carrying stuff out of stores and looting and rioting? I tell you something, friend. Uh, somebody's got to do something about that. But anyway, I'm not for that. But God's people have got to pray. We better fall on our knees before this nation falls on its face, we've got to pray. Let's bow our heads. You pray right there in your seat. I challenge.